Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, John, we're back. We're waiting on Bobby. A 45-second break, kicking it all (laughs) off again. That was smooth. Not like the start of the draft show. That one was smooth. (laughs) So... (laughs) Unbelievable. 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 What, what should have been the most difficult was the easiest. What yeah. should have been the easiest was the most difficult. And here we are. So uh, Bobby is updating everything on Celtics blog. So everybody can find us there in case they come back in. Um, and we're very close. What is it? See, my stream, I think, has got a super delay. I got the Blazers on the clock just now. At pick twenty four, that's right. Yeah, but, but you're, how many you're, seconds you're not do you following have left? Twitter? The, the problem is, is you're not following Twitter because uh, Woj is ahead. Is I am. Ahead I'm pick. looking at it, but yeah, I that, see what you're saying. You're not. You're not behind because you're seeing what we're seeing. But it's it's that I got the Twitter the thing. Twitter the Twitter machine yeah, is rolling fine. too. Yeah. No, so you're right. You're not. You're not. You're not wrong. You're just. You're, you're you're with us. It's just yeah. Everything else is so. Everybody's yeah, got so the same numbers up here. One guard, Jacob Evans, is another one that's getting floated. But you know, everybody's looking at Mitchell Robinson, Robert Williams, and Bruce Brown. That that seems to be the three. I don't know much about Jacob Evans. Classic three and D guy. Not a crazy yeah. athlete. Got a little Jay yeah. Crowder comparison in here. Yeah, older guy. Yeah, which I don't. It doesn't bother me. Um, it, it's good to pick older late and and young early because um, you know you're just you're picking upside and and all that. But now you're trying to get players who can contribute now, and especially where the Celtics are. Guy who's ready to play now is a hell of a lot more valuable than somebody you got to wait four years for when you're going to be in the you know presumably could be in the NBA Finals. You know, eleven months. Well, in that now. case, so, why not Bates Jop? You know what I mean? Kind of get well, that Jerebko, Scalabrini. Yeah, go right, ahead. You right. obviously were headed I mean, there. I, yeah, that was kind of where I was going. Is I think you know, I think you're more likely to see some upheaval in the backcourt than the frontcourt. But if you're trying to you know say move Marcus Morris out, and you still need another combo forward to be in your frontcourt, that's a good place to go. You know. Guy who can play both positions. 
You know, right? You know, Still Ringer's long. throwing Jarebko, Scalabrini, and Bobby Simmons out there. I, I mean, he's not very athletic, but you know, he can shoot. That's you know, that they write what glue you need, guy skills. You know? you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just glad. Yeah. I'm just glad they didn't say something along the lines of, you know, the Celtics are determined to select Kata Bates Jop. Oh, that's then, gonna happen. And then say <laughs> shades of, you know, poor man's Jonas Jerebko. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh my gosh. Or um, athletic Jonas Jerebko. Ath- or athletic Brian Scalabrini. That then we have the reverse insult instead. That would have been better. Athletic Brian Scalabrini. That would have been funny. I, I'm I'm just fascinated by yeah the, those you know, what the, the, the exclamation the, I don't know if they're adjectives but the way that the comparisons are just fascinating that they're throwing out on the ringer I mean it's just, I, I got you got to give credit to Kevin I mean KOC has done an amazing work from when we were first paying whatever it was ten bucks fifteen bucks I don't know what we were paying for it to where it is now great work love that guy. Although he's our competition right now because they got a, a ringer live stream, but we're not listening to that nonsense. Um, yeah, so Evans is the highest rated. Who? Oh, DeAnthony Melton. We should talk about that guy. So he's another one of these. So KOC's got him 19th. Uh, 6'3", kind of swing forward, shades of. Okay, Marcus Smart, Sean Livingston, Lester Hudson. Two Celtics there in that in that group. Lester Hudson maybe a little less remembered uh, than Smart, but has that kind of long lean. You know, he's got a wingspan of six eight, despite being a six three, standing reach of eight three, but just works, work, 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 work. I mean, if you're trying to find your replacement, and like we said, having that upheaval in the backcourt. If, if it's, you know, Melton was a guy who didn't really get to show much of what he had because of all of the issues with USC. So he was lost really for much of the year. There's a, there's a very much Danny Ainge-esque pick in that, in that we know Ainge likes to find these diamonds in the rough that aren't going to get the same visibility, but he finds them. And so for that reason, Melton might be, might be exactly the kind of guy. And he's 20. He's a sophomore, but he's twenty, so he's he's young. young he's a young young sophomore. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's another name there. Um, Are you surprised more people haven't traded out? I mean, there's been a couple of the yeah. you know standard moving around kind of thing, but usually in the twenties, we see a lot of trade out or move down to the second round kind of stuff, and. Seems like everybody's just sort of standing pat. Is that a testament to the depth of the draft that there's a little something for everybody lingering around in the in, in the you know in the remaining players at the position they're picking? Or I you know I think it's weird. I think well, I think it's 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 probably a function of the fact that there's such a a level playing field from 20 and on or 17 and on. I think that's what it's been is that, you know, what, what's the, why should I spend, you know, real draft capital or, or, you know, picks or what have you when the guy I get at say 27, isn't that much different than the guy I can get at 17. I think that's probably what's driving it. Whereas in that 12, 14, 15 was kind of that, 
that area where there was starting to be a drop off and people saw value in in maybe spending a little bit more to get to get higher up the board. Now, what about a guy like Brandon McCoy? What happened there? It seemed like he was very much up the draft board, but leading up to the draft, he's just dropped off the face of the earth completely. Well, I think there's a lot of those guys. I mean, Diallo was a guy who, when he came in, was was thought to be a, a first rounder easily. Um, Mo, Mo Wagner was a guy before the workouts, coming off a, a pretty strong run in the in the tournament, was was somebody who people were looking in the twenties at uh, the Duke guys. I mean, whether you're talking about um, Gary Trent Jr. or or you know, the, that was a guy I thought was looking late 20s as well. I think it's been workouts. I think workouts have probably driven some of these guys further down the board. And, you know, Shake Milton's another one who I think a lot of people thought would be a, a, a clear first-rounder. And he was not – he was not – not only did he not have good numbers in Chicago, but didn't play well. Uh, Shake Milton was somebody I thought, boy, you know, at 27, that could be a really interesting pick there. Um, good, you know, catch and shoot guy, and you know, maybe not athletic, but if he can drive closeouts, that might be a really nice fit for him. Unfortunately, um, you know, he just didn't have the nice workouts that, that he was hoping for. Mm. Things are slowing down again. Yep, they are. We don't have a second-round pick, which I'm kind of like in a draft like this, thinking it wouldn't be bad. Like, you know, you talk about that Marcus Morris gritty guy, like we've thrown out some names. But, you know, Justin Jackson's another one of those kind of second-round flyer guys. Um, There's Just as I peruse through this, there are people that were high on the draft board that are just really, really falling down in the draft. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's Gary, another Gary Trent the Jr. level playing field. And when yeah. you talk about that, there's different teams that have priorities and set these guys different ways. And we now look at an era where I was just reading this in the Ian Thompson book, fantastic book about the turn of the decade and how that just changed everything for the NBA. And he was talking about how those Danny Ainge teams of the late 2000s had the three factors when they looked at draft prospects, the attitude, the mindset, um, you know, obviously the skills, the eye test, and then you have more of the analytic numbers type stuff. So you never know what teams are going to favor any of those three methods of evaluating people, whether it's personality types, their analytics, or just the traditional scouting. So you're going to have, especially in a draft like this, a massive disparity among what teams are favoring. Oh my. Okay, this is this was better. I'm sorry. Woj. Source. The Lakers are unlikely to resist Mo Wagner with the twenty fifth pick. <laughs> unlikely to resist. Oh my gosh. He is this is a master class. This yeah, is a master he class. Is totally having fun with it. Uh that is great. <laughs> Now remember, last year at the draft, Celtics will not be able to help themselves with Robert Williams. (laughs) I was thinking, you know, (laughs) he just (laughs) instead of writing it, he'll just do he'll just do a a a GIF with um, 
you know, Robert Palmer's Simply Irresistible and just write Robert Williams. And that's it. Boston Celtics, Robert Williams. And it's Simply Irresistible. Maybe not. I don't know. Just thought. That's a stretch. So one oh more pick. Can you believe it? <laughs> I didn't think there was any way Robert Williams got past 25. And now here we go. It's 76ers. And then Crazy. if they pass up on him, the Celtics have the chance to grab him. So, by the way, Jared right now, Shane Larkin, there's another defensive wing. Right now, just so you know. He's what? He's, online? Uh, he's online right now. He He's suggesting that uh, Danny needs to sign Shane Larkin to a max. So, <laughs> he's advocating for himself right now, which is nice. Apparently, Dude, everybody wants Robert Williams. Huh? He's the last player in the green room, too. Wow. Well, here we go. I want, I want Robert Williams, but, but we got what? One more pick to go, and they're going to get Sixers, just like the Eagles, my local nemesis. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Jeff on after after the pick, so we'll get we'll get uh, Jeff Goodman's uh, feedback here onto the pick, which will be pretty good. Um... Man, it's got to be Robert Williams. Come on, man. Come on, big upside pick. What's that? So the Riffs man is losing his mind. Ryan is losing his mind right now. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. He tweets. Oh, this is so good. This is so great. I'm so enjoying this right now. Oh, man. Oh, please. Billy. Uh, Don't Morris hurt us, Brett Brown. Brett Brown, the Mainer. Brett Brown, who lived for a very short time, about five minutes from my house. No, he didn't. Really? Rockland, Maine. Yeah, his dad was head coach of Rockland High School basketball for no a time way. of seven before they Maine. moved. Figure that out. What everybody knows everybody. Was, my aunt, my aunt teaches at the at the high school or taught at the high oh, school. Oh, so she told you. Yeah, she's like, oh yeah, Brett, you know, Bob Brown was coaching here. So I'm like, well, that means Brett Brown was living here. So sure enough, yeah. yeah oh, Brett that's Brown. right. That's right. I knew that. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's Everybody. right. Everyone's I got a Bob that. Brown or Brett Brown story in Maine. In yeah, he was born in South Portland. That's right. We had a couple of couple of Mainers, right? Cliff. Cliff yeah, is, yeah. Is he, yeah. Is yeah, he out right now? He's he's got no, no he, home, right? He's in Orlando, so he's gonna be working with a, with your uh, boy. Uh, yeah. Mamba. Mamba. He's gonna do something with him. I mean, I, I feel bad for him because he, he has nothing around him. But but I think Clifford. Had, I mean, he's a guy who's worked with a lot of bigs over the years. He could really yep. mold him into something. So, hopefully, it works. Well, whatever out. that health issue was, he rebounded pretty quickly. Then, okay, so Jeff Goodman could have nice. Celtics could have three talented bigs on the board: Robert Williams, Mitchell Robinson, and Omari Spellman. Goodman says, Spellman. "I take Spellman." Really? We're gonna get. We're gonna, we're gonna have to figure out that. About. that. Where is Spellman? I don't even know who Spellman is. I'm not even gonna no, lie. Gary Spellman sounds like the type of guy who should be doing my taxes. No, six nine. 
Six nine height, seven two wingspan. He is a freshman, but he's a little bit older freshman out of Villanova. Almost twenty one. Hey. Stocky big man who plays yeah. hard and spaces the floor. Go ahead, Bobby. So Jeff Goodman, who's going to be joining us shortly, is looking at three guys when it comes to the Celtics at 27. Oh, you were Dude. totally tuned out then because because that hurt. literally John just read that tweet. <laughs> oh. That's how locked in I am fun. on the Twitter Rookie. right now. It hurts. Oh, it right hurts. over my head. <laughs> we were I'm going to go cry in the corner here while we wait. So here's a oh, well. Philly. Now we're on the same page. So I so, bet the Sixers take Spellman yeah, because he's with Villanova. So David Aldridge says the Celtics who needed a young center will have their pick of Williams, Spellman, or Robinson at 26. So presumably somebody's got information that the Sixers took none of those guys. Yep, presumably. And, the, so I think and now the Celtics have to choose between them. Maybe he's Maybe he's just off by a pick. Maybe that's what happened. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, Spellman, you know, I like the way – Spellman's I, you know, a good watched, screener, pick and pop. I watched pop, a lot of so Nova. That, yeah, but you know what? Like, to me, I want I, – No, I want Williams. I I, yeah, we, yeah. We need the Aaron Baines style guy. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, if no other reason than to, to learn under the – learn under man bun's uh, tutelage. You yeah, know? man bun. Okay. Got to learn how to get under uh, stupid. So here's here's what will happen. Then they'll Damn. draft Gary Trent. You know that's no. that's how Danny rolls. Oh gosh, it'll totally yeah, I will throw us. Trent had some great games this year. I, he did have some really nice games, but man, I no, I don't think that's the. I hope that's not the play. Yeah, I hope not. Oh my gosh, Philly, just make your damn pick. I know you don't have a GM, but just make your pick. Come on, right. Right. Let's get on with this. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Let's go. This is like, <laughs> you know, being stuck in the left lane behind somebody who's going five miles under the speed limit. Like, I'm losing it now. Come on. Pull over back into the right lane. Let us pass. It feels like we've been like 15 minutes. We've been, I'm sorry. We've been like two hours like we had a good run there in the first hour, a lot to talk about. Everything's moving. <laughs> we um, should have known. And, and it just, you know, there's nothing to happen in that middle. Well, of the we round. just broke just down like, all the players in the draft that we even would consider at 27 that we like. Like we well, ran out of runway. You know, the Sixers are enamored with Landry Shamut. <laughs> ah, here we go. Enamored. Right. There we go. Like what? So, just going to throw Doris out, and he's like, okay. Let's see. Robert Let me Williams. just tell you guys, Robert. though, we've been so locked in on Robert Williams for like 15, 20 minutes now. There's no way it's going to be Williams. Nope, no <laughs> way. It's not going to be him. Nope. You're t- that's, what I that's why I said they're going to take Gary Trent just to throw us, right? Oh, we got yep. a sweet shooting guard. Let's do that. Rodion Curix, Barcelona, Latvia. That's my guy. That's who I think they're going with. I can kind of pronounce his name. Okay, so let's maybe everybody that pick totally off the wall, you know. Okay, there's a guy oh, okay. at the end. There's a guy at the end of of the uh, the ringer mock, Arnoldis Kolboka. That would be an awesome pick right there. Arnoldis Kolbaka. That's pretty good. 
All right, I'll I go over to Kevin's because I was looking at a different one. So I'm coming down. Arnold. I'm not. I'm gonna stick with Bruce Brown. Why not? What about Chimizi Matu? I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Like, you've never even heard anybody say that before. You're just looking for good names. I, yeah, I know. A raw, moldable big man who flashes two-way upside but lacks any one refined skill aside from explosive lob dunks. I mean, this is – I mean, we look at – when you look at what happened with the uh, the Yabaselli, the Yabaselli pick – I mean that was a, that was totally <laughs> a deal. Where I was out of left field, right? I mean, yeah. I'm but I just found Kolboka's picture. That's yes. the worst picture that you could possibly have for yourself on a draft guide. <laughs> Here, take the ball. So Williams, it's the it was his homage to LeBron pointing uh, at J.R. Smith. That's what it was, right? <laughs> yep. Sorry, Take the ball. Was Kobo, was Kobo drafted yet? I think he's still on the board. No. Out of Kobo's France. Yeah. Still out there. So you got him at 21. You got Williams with 17 on the ringer draft board. So those are two guys who have really slid quite a bit to 27. Mm-hmm. Musa out of Bosnia. Bates D up, as we've talked about. Maybe they'll take so, Tony right. So my pick, this is my board. Robert Williams, Melton, DeAndre Melton, who, who we talked about while you stepped off. Oh, Woj. Boston is tantalized by Robert Williams with a 20. Oh! Here we go. We've been talking about him since pick 13 as, like, the backup to all the bigs we couldn't get. You know no, what I mean? And then there you know, he is that, at 27. Isn't that something, though? You know, it Kevin is. O'Connor was hot on Jalen Brown two years ago, big on Jason Tatum last year, and now all I've heard is him on all his podcasts talk about Robert Williams and how great of a model he is for the modern big, and he falls all the way to the Celtics at 27. That's something. Amazing. Well, Amazing steal. That's the guy plugged in. Oh, yeah. The wrist man did it. Holy cow. We went from a late lottery pick to the 27th pick like that. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. It's insane. I cannot believe this happened. We cannot be more happy about this draft, knowing that we didn't have to give up a single pick to move up, and we still got one of the high, highest-touted big men in the draft. I mean, yeah, we didn't get Aiden, we didn't get a Bamba, but at 27, <laughs> we got a guy who was projected top 10 last year as a freshman, right? And I guess top he fits 12, the mold maybe. of the Jack Roster archetype, now that I'm seeing all these pictures of him spread out up on Twitter. Tweets. Robert Williams is a freak athlete who will give the Celtics something different. He struggled this past season on and off the court, but Boston is a perfect spot for him to mature. What a freaking steal. Big Celtics fan, too, from what I gather. Really? He is now. Hyping up Jason Tatum last year on Twitter. I see a picture here of him in a Celtics shirt. This fits on so many levels. 
baby, baby. That's unbelievable. Tantalized. I, I like tantalized. Tantalized. Dude, everybody's going bananas. This, I mean, we're normally not this happy on draft night. This is something. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of weirded out about the whole thing, to be quite honest. Yep. Because I don't really know how to feel right now. Um, <laughs> I'm used the last to Texas a from Sean Devaney, the Sporting News, the last Texas A&M potential lottery pick center who fell out of the first round was DeAndre Jordan 10 years ago. Wow. And that turned out okay for him. So things might not be so bad for Robert Williams. And then Chad Finn retweets with the comment, Beats taking the next J.R. Giddens. So, Chad, 100% sync, uh, simpatico with you, John. Wow. We were there. And I didn't even we realize the Texas A&M connection. That, that was lost on that. me. So that's really that. something. Redemption. You know, the Boston Celtics yeah. are tantalized by redemption. Well, you know, and here's the th- Okay, so let's – I, I want to – yeah, let's talk about this. So I asked earlier, like, the, is the right fit or whatever. And this is kind of – I'm kind of working your side of the street here, Justin. It's like, you know, at this point, like – you can you can have a guy sit at, as your 12th, 13th, 14th man, and if he develops into something more than that, great. You're sitting here at, you know, the, the 27th pick, and now you've got something there. But if it doesn't, eh, you know, so what? He's a big guy you throw in there who can, who can you know, make things, you know, he Hulk smash, you know? Why not? Keith Smith, by the way, source, Celtics still trying to acquire a second-round pick. They'd like to select a yeah. guard if they can get back in the draft. Yeah, right on. That's what I was saying. There's so much depth in this pit, in this draft that they totally should get in there. And there's a ton of guards. And you know, and you can you can you can get a second round pick from money, really. So it's not that hard. The Warriors have done it for years and years. You pay five million bucks and you get yourself a second round pick. So they're they're gonna do it. You know. Here's the thing from Kevin O'Connor's guide that I think is. One of the best things for us, you know, just sort of like as we talk about the overall upside sort of potential here, but played out of position at Texas A&M in a two-big offense, so will likely produce more effectively in an NBA uh, situation, especially as a stronger, hulkier big playing in position. So there's definitely some serious, like, you know, you guys missed on this guy's uh, possibility there. And, John, just so you know, guess what position, mm-hmm. what number he was slotted at by Kevin? 17. Yeah. <laughs> and what was his number? Oh, Texas my God. No way. What's his number at Texas A&M? 44, which was my exit in Hamden before they changed well, it to the new. Also, who else wore 44? 417. Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's it, baby. Dude, oh my look God. at that. This is, ah, the numerology is back for those of you who tuned in to Southern Stuff Live this week. This is why they tune in for it, though. Let's yeah, it's 417. It's... Look at that. It's 417. Here's Woj. On, Nobody else cares, but I'm sending you this. I know. You stick with it. Don't Don't change. <laughs> Williams is a lottery level talent, a player with immense talent. If he can show a commitment to playing hard, this could be a could be a steal of the first round. ESPN's Mike Schmitz compares him to another 27th overall pick, 
Clint Capella. That wouldn't be so bad. Clint that Capellos wow. are there. I mean, I wonder how many points for possession this guy had on the pick and roll. I'd have to imagine it was something ridiculous because he was touted as maybe the best pick and roll big man in this draft. Yeah. Well, I mean, think of think of those lobs, man. Right? When you're throwing lobs to Horford, that's one thing. When you're throwing lobs to this freak, <laughs> get out of the I'm way. I'm trying to see. You know, Sam you're... Sheehan's going to be on here going crazy soon, but I'm trying to see where he had him ranked in our big board. I mean, it'd probably have to be up in the teens, just like uh, O'Connor did. So NBA draft saying hearing medical reports may have factored into Robert Williams' slide to 27. Not Whatever. scared well, of nobody, that, huh? Nobody likes to hear that, but we got time <laughs> for this guy. To go from 12, 13, 14 to 27, that's, that, that's, that's worth the risk, right? That's worth the risk, 15 spots. Here we are. Sam Sheehan and Alex Kungu had him 12th on their big board. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Sam Sheehan says, I think you could conceivably have Williams on the roster and keep Baines as well. Tice is likely already far outplayed the cost of his current contract and went through a restricted free agency after this year. Were the Celtics to draft Williams, they could give him a redshirt year to learn and work on some of his weaknesses as the fourth big. If things look good... You've got a ready-made guy to step into a bigger role when Tice leaves and a cost-control big going forward. Williams is the first of these possible draftees I could see as a real possibility for the Celtics to acquire. Up to this point, they've had to explain the way of guys. So, yeah, I mean, all things fall into place. Physically dominant. On the roster next year. Or in playing time, I should say. If they hit on here's the other thing. They hit on him, that's that means they're playing a million they're paying a million dollars to a guy all he has to do is rebound, defend and an alter uh, shot situationally. Yeah. I mean that's all they need him to do. If he does that for a million bucks a year, that's the best deal going. You know, that's wow. that's an even better find than than uh than going with Tice because with Tice you end up with a situation where you're uh you know, you got two years and you're done at the minimum. You know, now you got him under control for five years plus. Cool. I'm happy. I like it. This is brilliant. I mean, come on, you, are you kidding me? The team that's gunning for the Warriors <laughs> gets a war. You know, not right, this on. year maybe. Sam but. Sheehan, it's time. And we got to find Goodman. So I'll, I'll find Goodman, but right now. Sam Sheehan. Boom. Oh, no, wait, wait, hold on. Am I allowed to scream? Probably not. But, hey. Ian, do it. We had a... We, we, we had a buzz because we're both happy. Right. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Ian, <laughs> we just dug this up the, the big first... board. You had him at 12. Yeah. He was, um, I, I cannot, I can't believe that Robert Williams, A, fell this far and that B, because when he fell that far, I thought there was, like, something going on and, you know, that the Celtics might not take him or something that kind of everybody knew, kind of similar to how we saw Michael Porter Jr. fall. I mean, uh, Robert Williams is one of these guys who's rumored to, you know, not have the, the best attitude um, sometimes, but, uh, man, he couldn't have fallen into a better situation for, you know, himself to develop, you know, as a pro, I think, under Brad Stevens with all these other guys who are going to hold him accountable 
in like a championship culture. I, I just I love the fit. Here's, here's my concern, Sam. You know, okay. I, I actually thought we were going to be looking at like a Mitchell Robinson here, and we talked about that because I just you know I thought there was no way you would get by the Trailblazers at 25 and probably need a big. <laughs> Is there yeah. going to be playing time for him next year? Because you seem to indicate that if everybody's back, he's pretty much just going to be learning behind I, I, the others. I don't. I don't really think it matters next year. Like, um, I think you can cut either way. I think it's good to have him on there. On um, there's a little bit of there's some questions about um you know Aaron Baines. Um, you know he's a uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and the Celtics can only bring him back on non-bird rights, which is like. 5.4, 5.6, something like that. So there's a chance he gets more than that. Um, you know, the Celtics still have a lot to navigate. But, I mean, they've got a guy who is one of – in the mold of one of, like, the two bigs that we've seen kind of survive and be worth more than these, you know, minimal deals. It's these – you know, you're either you're an Anthony Davis or a Giannis or a Joel Embiid and just an absolutely dominant, like, big man, or you're these – rim-running, hyper-athletic, lob-threat, um, you know, rim-protecting big men. And Robert Williams is absolutely in that mold. Um, I don't think he needs to play right away, which is, you know, good for the Celtics. I think that, you know, if you, you can bring back some of these guys. Hey, um, the Celtics hey Sam. Control. Yeah. I, I got to make room for Jeff Goodman because he's been trying right. to call in. Sit tight. All Just right. Stay right here. And we'll pick up right where, where you left off. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Bring him in. That's what they say, Jeff. <laughs> when you join the What's CLNS up, network, you get a gritty entrance. Bring him in. So <laughs> happy to have you on the show. Even happier to have you on the network. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And uh, good way to start out. I mean, certainly a, a 27 pick that. Uh, nobody would have expected going into tonight. I think most people felt like Robert Williams would go somewhere in the, you know, probably 15 to 20 range at the end of the day. And um, listen, he's a guy that I remember a year ago, uh, I was, I was covering a tournament in Anaheim and nobody knew who he was. And that's when he burst in the scene and, and NBA guys were talking about him. And I was talking about him as a lottery pick um, came back to school which was really surprising because it comes from a small town in Louisiana called Oil City and uh, and came back, even though he was going to be probably picked in that 15 range last year, could have made a good amount of money and, and had a tough year on and off the court, especially off the court, uh, was suspended, uh, had some issues off the court, and I think that certainly factored into him falling. We heard some murmurs that there might have been medical concerns, too. Have you heard anything about that? I, I did not. I did not hear anything uh, of that sort. But, right. um, you know, I had heard the, the red flags were Michael Porter and Lonnie Walker. Those were the two guys that I had heard going into the draft um, that, that were the red flags. Jeff, what, it, what does – Robert Williams do I mean he's a different type of big than probably anybody else on the Celtics roster and we we were talking about some of your tweets that you were sending out what is how does he fit into this team what does he do different than than the guys that currently have on the roster how do you think Brad will use him uh he's a freak athlete he's got an NBA body already um when he plays hard and when he's active he's really good he's not a super skilled guy at all you know can shoot mid-range um yeah, he was at a camp I was at last summer, an Under Armour camp, 
and all the college counselors were there, and he kind of bailed out after the first day, which was a red flag to a lot of people. You know, if you want to play, um, usually you fight through injuries, and he kind of shut it down early with all the NBA guys in attendance. Um, so I, I think, you know, he's a guy that's going to give him, hopefully will give him energy, hopefully will give him a rim runner uh, who you can play pick and roll with, he can dive to the basket and finish. He can. He's just got to be locked in, and as I tweeted, the best thing for, for Robert Williams is going to be Al Horford. That's going to be the best thing for him. Honestly, if Al Horford takes him under his wing and they put that locker right next to Al Horford, which is the first thing they should do in, in the practice facility and, and at the garden, uh, this kid is not going to fail. He's a good kid. He's engaging. You're going to love him in terms of his personality. Uh, again, he's just got to mature. He's a small-town kid who never really wanted to leave Oil City. Even for AAU, he didn't want to play, and I'm going to tweet out my story that I wrote on him um, prior to the season. He didn't want to leave, didn't want to play for the Houston Hoops for the big AAU group because he, he, he was comfortable. It was a one-stoplight town, and, and, and that's what he is. He's a small-town kid. It's, one of the comparisons we, we heard was Clint Capella. Do you think he's got that type of potential? I mean, he's not quite as big as Capella, not quite as thick, but he's thick. I mean, again, he's got that body. Um, nobody saw this coming out of Capella. So, I, I, again, I, I think he can be a starter in the league in time, but there's a reason why he fell to 27, guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's a reason. You know, so and, you- and, and again, a lot of it is probably the character concerns, the questions. But, but like I said to somebody today um, before – you know, I, I was talking to somebody on a podcast earlier, and I said, the Celtics and Danny Ainge can afford to take a risk. They can afford to do it. They don't need anybody at 27. If it doesn't work out, first of all, Danny doesn't care what people think, number one. And number two, if it doesn't work out, it's not like anybody's going to criticize Danny Ainge right now. How do you figure they start to integrate him, Jeff? Do you imagine they'll use him much on the court next season in particular with some of the other bigs they have in the fold there, considering Aaron Baines might return? Or do you think this is going to be like a longer-term development type thing? I think it'll be a longer-term development thing. I think he's got to mature, and I think it's going to take some time, and I think Brad will make sure he earns it. And the great thing is you don't need him. You got Tice, you got you bring Baines back. You don't necessarily need him, but, but we know how injuries occur. You know, Tice goes down this past year. It would have been great to have a guy like Robert Williams to come in for energy. And, again, if he plays with energy, he can be a beast. But he's got to play all the time. And I talked to one Texas a player about him extensively, and, and that's, what, that's what they told me. They said, listen, if this kid, he's got all the natural ability in the world, but if he gets it and how to work and how to stay – locked in both on and off the court, that's going to be the key. Who comes with them here to Boston? Who's around? Again, if it's Al Horford, they're in good shape. How does this compare to, like, a pick of a Kendrick Perkins? I mean, I realize Kendrick came out of high school and and whatnot, but we kind of talked about it earlier uh, just as far as what's the upside for the 27th pick, right? And obviously Perk wound up playing as a starting center and really the fifth most talented player in that starting lineup. But for a championship caliber club, and you just talked about Al Horford being uh, Robert Williams' mentor, probably – 
similar in some ways to what Kevin Garnett did for Perk. Um, I know he loved playing alongside Al Jefferson initially, and they were real buddies, but I think KG obviously helped Perk raise his game to another level and obviously the whole intensity thing. But does this have a similar flavor of upside, or is there more upside with Robert more Williams? I mean, yeah. Way more. Way That's what more I thought. Kendrick, Kendrick can catch the ball. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Like, Kendrick was playing with the right guys. Couldn't catch the basketball. Like, this kid – this kid is way more talented than Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins was just big and strong and tough. This kid is big, strong, tough, athletic. Again, not skilled, but Kendrick wasn't skilled. This kid's more skilled than Kendrick. But Beautiful. I think I think we're all I think we're all more skilled than Kendrick. <laughs> oh I mean, man! You, catch the ball you, you don't like anybody outside of Rondo, Ray, and KG. <laughs> I, I, listen, we know I like Tatum, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, I did not like Rondo. I did not, and, and he and Kendrick were boys, and kind of understand why to some extent. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. <laughs> the, the, bottom, the bottom line is Robert Williams has way more upside than Kendrick Perkins. It, it ain't even close. So what do you ultimately imagine the finished product Robert Williams is going to look like when the time finally comes, if he's able to put it all together? Um, Boy, who could he be? I mean, I, I'd love to see him be like a, a, just a, a, a killer foreman who just goes after every rebound and finishes – and doesn't you don't run any plays for him necessarily. He can make mid-range shots from 15 feet and be okay with that and and buy into his role. Like he's not going to be Al Horford, guys. Like that's not. It's not going to be that. He's not cerebral like that. He's not going to be a great. But he can block shots. He can make up ground defensively. He can run the court and go. I mean, he can really go. So you know, you put him with Rozier. You put him with Marcus Smart. Now again, is there enough offense in that second unit? You got to put. You, you got to have like a Tatum or a Kyrie or a Hayward probably with that unit uh, for part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. You can't. You probably can't put out. You know, Rozier, Smart, Tice, Robert Williams, and Aaron Baines or something like that. I mean, those, you can't put those three together anyway. You got to have a. You'd have Morris out there, obviously, with them. Um, but I, I think ultimately. Again, if he buys into it, his role, um, he can be a really good player. Is he going to be a superstar? No, but the Celtics don't need that. They don't need that. They just they, they If he could be a starter for them down the road, that would be a huge – I mean, out of the 27th pick, if you get a starter, you're doing great. Really, out of a 27th pick, if you're getting a rotation guy, you're doing really, really well. And I think they've, they've got themselves a rotation guy as long as his head's on straight. Who do you think the steal of the draft is, you know, looking beyond the Celtics so far? Who do you think like that slid quite a bit? You know, I looked at Lonnie Walker falling in San Antonio, and you said there might have been medical concerns there. Yeah. Great landing spot for a guy of his skill set, I think. Who do you think is going to be the guy that we look back on and say, ooh, he probably fell a little bit too far? Grayson Allen, that 21 even, believe it or not. Most people would say oh. that's, a, that's a, yeah, that's a, you know, going a little bit hard there, but – I just think Grayson Allen come right in and help Utah right away. And, like, how many guys can you say that about? Like, Kevin Herter's probably got higher upside, but it's going to take him time. Like, Grayson Allen, four years, he's tough. He can shoot. Like, if you give him a defined role, and he never really played with a point guard, guys. 
Like that's the other part. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't really play when they had Tyus Jones. The last couple of years, they did mm-hmm. not have a point guard, which is why they had to force him to play point guard. Trevon Duvall is not a point guard. Yeah, you know, they had Derek Thornton one year with him. That didn't work. So to me, if you give Grayson Allen, you know, Ricky Rubio, and say, hey, you're just going to score the ball. I think he's going to be pretty good and pretty effective. I mean, the the the, the shocking one of of everything tonight was was certainly Michael Porter falling. What have you, you heard about that? Yeah, what have you heard about that? I talked to media, an NBA guy, and, and you heard differing opinions. But ultimately, teams that high were scared to take him, and they felt like they had better options. You know, a healthy Miles Bridges was better than rolling the dice. Um, you know, for Charlotte on, on Michael Porter Jr. I was I was a little bit surprised the Clippers didn't roll the dice since they had two picks there, but they really liked Jerome Robinson and they wanted a point guard. And Shea Gilgis Alexander, they were able to, to make that trade and swap with Charlotte, and they were able to get their two guys. Um, again, Porter, the other, the other concerns weren't just injury. It was injury and the fact that people were kind of put off by him a little bit. We spent a lot of time talking on here about the Celtics and whether or not, you know, how much, how much risk, like you said, Diddy has nothing to, to lose at this point. How much do you give up to move up to a, for a guy like Porter? Uh, it seems like they got the guy they probably needed in terms of fit. But as right. you know, Danny doesn't always pick based on fit. He picks on talent and, and all these other things. Now that we're a year after the Tatum pick, and, and as you said, you nailed it. I remember hearing you on the radio and on podcasts and talking about Tatum's the guy, Tatum's the guy. Are there lessons for other NBA GMs that they've taken and maybe implemented in this draft to say, look, we've got to be smarter about how we're evaluating these guys. When you have a player like a Jason Tatum out there, you've got to go up and get them, whatever it takes. Listen, I mean, Danny found the taker and Brian Colangelo, you know, and, and a lot of people love Markel Fultz. People yeah. love them, you know. So, again, we don't know what Markel Fultz is going to be. Is he ever going to get his head back on straight? If he does, what will he be? We, we don't know that yet. So I, it's too early to tell. We know what Jason Tatum's going to be. I mean, Jason Tatum's going to be a stud. Um, as, as I said before he ever played a game, I, I think he'll have a better career than Paul Pierce. People laughed at me, but, and again, he's got a long way to go. He's got a long way to go to get there. Um, I just, yeah, I think but what a great alive. starting point. What a great starting point yeah. just to be, you know, Paul didn't yep. have the luxury. I know there was a little bit of a run there with Walker, but the, the culture that Tatum's going to be That's around, right. I mean, just talk about how important that is for the development of a young NBA player. Well, the, the craziest thing, and I couldn't tweet it, when Gordon Hayward went down that first um, the first game, I couldn't tweet it, but my initial thought was, this is really going to help Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't. You, you just couldn't. It, it, you know, you, you would have got hammered for tweeting that at that point. Cause obviously Actually, I think Bobby and I talked Gordon. about it on the post-game show. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> we were I looking just for silver linings. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty right. sure. Yeah, we I didn't want to hear that that night. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that was the silver lining for sure. You had to wait a few days. Yeah, hard to put out there at that point. But I knew what Tatum was capable of, and I just felt like he might get buried this year with Hayward. And he really yeah. might have been. I mean, he really mm-hmm. might have played 15 minutes a game and, and gotten very few plays run for him. Do you remember, early on the season, 
all they did was put him in a corner. Like, legitimately, yeah. Jason Tatum, if you watch some of the games early in the season, he just – they put him in the corner, Brad put him, and he was just a spot shooter. Yep. And he made enough of them. And then he got his confidence, and I'm like, I'm like, this kid can do – I mean, he can do just, just about everything. I mean, he really can do just about everything. We've still – you know, he's. I hate to say that. You know, it's such a cliche, but it's you know, scratch the surface of what he can do, because the game's going to slow down for him even more. Yeah. And you know, the the question's going to be, what's it going to be like next year when you have, uh, you know, Gordon and Kyrie, and obviously it's not going to be Tatum's show. It, the ball's still going to be in the hands of Kyrie uh, a lot more than anybody else. So it it'll be an interesting team. I. I I'm glad Danny didn't make a move tonight. You know, a lot of people were hitting me up with that. You know, they got to trade up and get Mo Bamba. Would have been nice. Certainly, you'd love to have Mo Bamba. He's better than Robert Williams defensively. But ultimately, you didn't give up anything tonight. And you got a player that hopefully can help on the defensive end, uh, help with, with running the floor, bringing on a big-time athlete. And you didn't mess with, with the current team. And, and you see where this team goes next year. Um, with with everybody, and then you decide. And I think maybe you wait and you see what happens with Ky- uh, with Kawhi. And if if the price goes down, and you feel comfortable, and you only have to give up, and only probably isn't the right word, but if you have to give up, like you know, Jalen, I don't. The problem is to make the numbers work, you're gonna have to give up a bunch. You're gonna have to give up Jalen, the Sacramento pick, Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart. Do you want to do that? I would. I would because I think you can play for a title next year. But then you got to worry about how the money works down the road. Jeff, I, I know no one in Boston is going to be talking about this tomorrow just because it's the way it is. But Jerome Robinson, highest drafted player uh, ever out of BC. Whew, like, have you, you, you've been around both the college game and the NBA for a while now. Have you ever seen a player as lightly recruited out of high school as he was make a jump like that? Because, I mean, he, he, he goes to a hockey school pretty much and makes himself <laughs> the 13th pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, listen, when I went in there, uh, I remember before his freshman year going to a practice, and I cover recruiting. I mean, I, like, I know most of the better players. I had no idea who it was. And then they told me, like, he literally went to school on, like, NC State's campus, and they didn't recruit him. And I think he even played with then Coach Mark Outreach's, like, son maybe or something. And, yeah. Or, or maybe he didn't. I, I don't remember he what did. the deal was. But did he? He did. He yep. played with his son in AU or something. Yeah. And, and they still didn't take him. And I remember seeing him in practice that day and tweeting out, like, this is the next DC star. And nobody knew who he was. And he's just – He's an awesome kid, number one. He's humble, he's smart, and he plays smart. And to me, if BC had some bigs, we would have seen how good of a passer he was because he couldn't be. He had to be a scorer this year. And uh, But, yeah, going that high, like I, I tweeted, I'm like, Jerome Robinson going higher than Michael Porter Jr. Anybody who said that, you know, before the season, <laughs> you would have better chances of winning the lottery. Funny to think about that, that way, yeah. Right. Insane. Going going back to Williams for a sec, Jeff. Yeah. Um, what what do we? I mean, of course, everyone like will go back now and they're going to watch film and you know games. You know, maybe you know the A and M games against Texas and you know, try to figure yeah. out you know after the fact. But you, 
you know, one thing Danny always seems to do is he 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 sees more of them than obviously what all those of us who have a, a cable TV package see. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is He's the out. whole picture. Yeah. I mean, like for example, the, the Avery Bradley. We talked about this. Avery Bradley. You know, a, a top recruit coming into college or, or at some point, and somehow you know doesn't get in the right system, and and, and he takes him. What do what did we not see in Robert Williams' game? Um, that you saw in some of those other settings, AAU or what have you, as opposed to you know what we're familiar with. You know, he, there was I think they ran a lot of two big sets, right? A and M. So what? Well, had, what is this? Tyler Davis. Yeah, Tyler Davis. Okay, okay. Both. It was a dysfunctional yeah. team. It was a very okay. dysfunctional team this past year. Okay, they, and that's the hard part. Was Robert Williams a big part of that? I think he was a part of it, and I think. To be honest, it came so quickly for Robert Williams that he kind of stopped working. And, and he never really knew how to work work in the first place. And then you start giving this kid all this attention, telling him he's going to be a lottery pick. Now he comes back to school, which surprised everybody. Because, again, it wasn't like he came from a whole lot. So you thought he'd come back to school, he'd work. But I still think he probably had a little bit of fun, um, maybe too much fun. And, and it caught up with him in college. And, and again, he wasn't the only one on Texas A&M. Trust me. There were other, there were other issues there. DJ Hogue uh, got suspended multiple times. They kicked off their, their point guard, who they thought was going to be the point guard, J.J. Caldwell. He had multiple issues. So it was just a, it was a train wreck for, a, for a, a good amount of the year. And then they kind of put it together at the end. Jeff, that's a fantastic insight, and I just hope that means more upside. I mean, I think the biggest concern probably for everybody on the show is I'm a lot less worried about head case scenario going to this culture than I am about injuries. Injuries is my number one concern. So as long as he passed yep. his physical and he's 100% healthy, I'm gravy. I think I had a great night. Pick at 27 winds up being a huge potential lottery guy the last two seasons, potentially, or at least just outside of the lottery, depending on where you had him. And uh, you got some great insight there and a lot of, lot of opportunity for him to contribute. And, you know, injuries has been a factor several years in a row now. So certainly he could be called upon, maybe not the same way as Tatum, but his, he could find with a thin front court, as the Celtics do have, he could find his way onto the floor this season. So um, I know your phone's probably blowing up. You're getting lots of uh, requests for, for follow-up and maybe other interviews. But, man, thank you for being the headliner tonight, and uh, welcome to the network. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll be talking uh, much more. Take All right, care, excellent. Looking forward to it, Jeff. Have yeah. a great one. You too. I wonder if Jeff will get a chance to sleep tonight. Nah, why would you want to do such things? No, the Who second round is not over He yet. lives for this night. I know. Well, I'm waiting to see. Now, I know the live show is going dead in about six minutes. We got Sam on the line, uh, so we're going to let him pick up where he was. But we got to keep an eye on Danny trading back in. I don't think we no, stay up I, all night for it, but, but we can to. run a little. You know, yeah, Bruce Brown's still up there. There's probably teams up here who want some, you know, money. You, you know, who who knows? Maybe even the Grizzlies right here who are pr- trying to, you know, cut some costs themselves. So there are teams who will take the five. The five million's the most you can pay for a second round pick outright for just cash considerations. 
So well, that's the big that reason a lot of these guys fall, right? Is is they're not, you know, maybe they're good enough to be in the top, but sometimes I bet their agents, if they know they're hanging out in the late twenties, they literally tell teams, "Hey, look, you know, we're, this is what we're looking to do." Maybe they threaten to go overseas. For all I know, I don't know exactly what they can pull off there, but I bet a lot of these agents force these guys into the second round. And that's why we see some of these players that, you know, maybe several years ago would have been late 20s picks, especially some of these older, more experienced guys that maybe play three years or more in college, end up making it to the second round because they want to negotiate, you know, their salary to stay in the NBA. And then if not, they're going to go ahead and head overseas. So, Sam, what say you? Um, well, first of all, I've been uh, I've, I've used the time while you guys were talking to, uh, you know, uh, Jeff, to do some of my own investigations into Robert Williams. Uh, We've got some great tweets here. Um, he says, if you're sexy and you know it, retweet it, and then in a parenthetical, everyone. So that's 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 the positivity that Robert Williams brings to the team right there. Um, that's, uh, that's my expert draft analysis. Um, you know, reading the tweets, seeing who can post on this team, because um, this is a team of posters. As uh, John, you found that out actually earlier this week with Marcus Smart kind of reaching out for through the ether to you present you uh, with some uh, with some swag. So um, you know the value of having a poster on the table. It, it it when when you have a key player extremely online like that, um, yeah, it changes the dynamic for everybody. Let's be honest, you know. And, and I, I it touched that's it touched exactly us all. What we're looking at. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're looking at with Robert Williams. Um, I wanted to make this clear because I feel like I kind of left you guys out in the, out in the ether a little bit with that. When I was saying uh, Robert Williams is sliding a little, I kind of meant that it was a head case. I didn't mean to allude that he was <laughs> injury prone or anything like that. Uh, I think there's just been there's been some like uh, off court stuff with him. And as you guys were talking about with Jeff, I think that's you know that was the worry um, for some teams is that you know. Um, he might not put in the work or, you know, that, uh, you know, some of these other things, he might grow a little complacent. Um, and, uh, you know, he might have. I, I'd even taken over the top pick, and I, I guess he still might, but it just seems a lot less likely that risk is heavily, heavily mitigated by, you know, stepping into a culture like the Celtics and an infrastructure like the Celtics, um, you know, late in the first round. So I, I, I couldn't I couldn't be happy enough um, about the pick. And we're, we'll see, you know, what – they, uh, what they can do, uh, you know, I would not be, I, I wrote in the thing, I've seen, you know, Bernadoni was on this early, Ryan Bernadoni had danger card that he expected the Celtics to, you know, buy a second round pick. Um, Celtics, um, you know, they might sign Jabari Bird this year to a minimum, and then, you know, they would have that extra two-way spot. Um, so, you know, it kind of makes sense for them to, uh, you know, kind of see who's out there, especially just given, you know, some of the quality of the guys that are still on the board. Um, you know, I'm looking at um, Wuja's, uh things, and they're still, you know, we're, we're looking at, I'm pretty sure Kyrie Thomas is still on the board, um, it's looking like at this point. Yep, um, Bruce Brown, guy, too. Another guy. Um, I don't think has Melvin Frazier gotten off the board yet. I don't think so. I don't think I've seen him. So those are, those are all solid wings and all guys that I talked to some who take, like, a long, hard look at. Um you know, with their own picks. So there's a lot of, you know, the chances are that one of them, generally teams don't sell picks, you know, in the 30s, really. But there's, you know, a decent chance that some of these guys, you know, slide into the 40s and we could see the Celtics, you know, reach out and try and get one of those guys. And, you know, I think 
that's smart because I think that this is actually kind of a deep draft as far as like that fourth tier, fifth tier of guy who like have a chance to be rotation players. I think they do go, you know, pretty far into the second round with some of these quality guys. So um, I think that would be smart for the Celtics to, you know, at least explore that. Uh, yeah, one thing I heard is that because Golden State's uh, purchase of the second rounder, the Jordan Bell second rounder last year, uh, just before you know we took uh, the Ojale factory uh, mm-hmm. foreman, every, you know, the, that there was kind of like a, a bad taste in the, in the mouths of, of NBA GMs, and they want to try, and, or maybe owners more specifically, and they want to try to avoid that. Maybe it's just the 30s thing, you know. Maybe they they want you know if it's a little bit later, they're not as concerned. Um, let's hope so. I think there's I think there's still a lot of guys on the board that that can help and and can be that kind of defensive um, player that you know you you can take as your 14th, 15th guy or I guess 17th guy in this case, um, you know, and roll with that. So and just so I understand what you were saying, Sam. So. They're gonna. You think they'll? You think Daniel Jerkhart um, thinks that they'll uh, they'll sign um, they'll sign Bird to the minimum and then but let Allen go? Is that kind of your what um, he was thinking? Yeah, or, or you know something like that. Um, you know, yeah. Jabari Bird's probably you know outplayed that two way contract at this point. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if if the Celtics don't re-sign him, maybe someone else will. Um, you know, I, I think everyone would kind of you know. I think everyone's kind of on the same page that, you know, he might be an upgrade over, you know, Abdel Nader. So if it came down to you know, one of those two guys, um, you know, there's there's a little bit of a guarantee on Nader's deal, but not much. Um, so if you need to pick and choose there, you know, you could. But yeah, even if you don't, you know, like um, I, I doubt Greg Monroe's going to be back, so that's a roster spot you're going to have. Um, you know, I expect them to have, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Marcus. I still – I. I don't think Marcus is going to be back. Um, Me too. But, you know, if he does it, if he's not back, that's another, you know, spot that you might have. And I really, you know, I'm not sure we're done. You know what I'm saying? Just because we get through the draft without something crazy happening, uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, the summer's over. Something could happen in the summer, particularly with, like, Marcus Morris and Terry Rozier, kind of the two guys I'm looking at as you know, possibly being on the move just because of – you know, role and contact contract situations and, you know, what's going on respectively with those guys. Uh, Morris in particular, just because I, I think that Gordon Hayward's minutes pretty squarely transition from, you know, Morris to Hayward. And, you know, you can't really reduce Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's minutes at this point, or at least very much. So Morris stands to like lose the lion's share of those minutes. And I, I just, I don't know. I love Flaskett, but I just don't think he's the type of guy who's going to kind of take that laying down. Flaskett. Maybe he'll surprise me and be a good soldier. But, well, no, in the front everything makes sense. At the, I mean, we get reporting that this doesn't insult Baines at all. Mm-hmm. Probably still something to come together. It, you know, it seems like sides have interest in reconciling the contract. There. You'll have time back from his and then you'll have Robert Williams as insurance. And if, as Jeff Goodman says, is going to be more of a long-term pick, it all kind of comes together going into next year. So uh, we'll probably see some of Williams up in Maine. I had him in. Not too much of him next year. Long-term, this is 
you know, electric. I, we, we were saying before you got on here, Sam, it's been a while since we were like this happy, this deep into the draft with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've had, this is literally the first time I've been happy with a Celtics pick since Jared Selinger. And I was wrong on every single oh, one of them in between. I was wrong on every single one of them by being unhappy with every single pick they made between them. Like Kelly Olynyk, you know, he was not Giannis, but he was a great pick. Um, other than that, um, you know, Terry obviously was an excellent pick. Marcus has worked out wonderfully. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, um, luckily I loved them. And you can't find any counter evidence to that anywhere <laughs> on the Internet. Please don't at me. Please, please stop out of me. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, there's uh, this is like the first time, um, you know, the Celtics have kind of done the, you know, the, the what the Celtics believe, the Celtics brain trust believe is best lines up with public opinion. Um, and I think that bodes well, you know. Um, you know, it always bodes well when the Celtics pick someone because usually they, you know, they trust their guys. But, um, you know, we'll see. This was actually, this is actually a pretty similar situation to Sullinger albeit that he was sliding for a very different reason. And he was a, he was a much higher prospect, rated prospect in his class, but he's another guy who fell to the Celtics kind of unexpectedly in the 20s and, um, you know, was a big, um, you know, well-pedigreed big, um, you know, sort of coming out of college. So um, a lot of similarities to that. Um, luckily, it's not injuries because, you know, you know, that's kind of what derailed Jared Selinger's career, um, uh, among other things, I guess. Um, and, you know, to have... Robert Williams, you know, just being a, a, athletically sound, you know, as he's just got that thick jacked frame. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the picture of him just wearing those just these massive chains um, and doing pull-ups. <laughs> awesome. And he's just ripped. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a solid dude. And as Jeff said, um, he's not quite he's not as quite as long or tall as you might want out of a center, but I'm not particularly worried about that just because he's so strong. He's so strong. And I just, you know, we've seen Marcus Smart kind of prove, you know, what a guy can do with just on strength, you know, if you, even if you're not long enough. Marcus is, you know, long in the arms, but he's just not tall. And it's it's really cool to see uh, Robert Williams slide to this. Shout out to the Riffs man who posted this into existence. It's unreal. It's unreal how the Riffs man has made so many things happen this year. <laughs> Yeah, through just being online, it's crazy. Like you posted it, it, it into existence. It's incredible. It's it's it, we really can't make it up. It, this is the world we are in 2018, yeah. where you know just talking about thick jack frames makes things happen. It's um, <laughs> it's it's unre- it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Wow, wow. Um, yeah, I. You know, and, and the thing about Williams, you know, you, if you bring him into this and he becomes that rim runner, you know, you, there's just so much that they're going to be able to do around that. And let's look at Houston. If Houston becomes the new, you know, what they can do with Capella, you know, if you can eventually create the new Celtics offense around, you know, having that type of, you know, freak talent in the middle, you know, you, it's proof that you can make this work without needing an Al Horford who can, you know, do all those things. I'm not saying we don't want Al Horford, but I mean, you guys understand what I mean. Just the, the ability to operate an offense um, without, you know, someone who's, who's really, whose only role is putbacks and, uh, you know, well, setting, setting we, you know, own channeling screens. Well, you know, Stevens has been running sets with, you know, players of that mold 
for quite some time now in Boston because there are a lot of pick and rolls going back to even Tyler Zellin, the strong year yeah. he had under Stevens. You know, nowhere, nowhere near the physical force that Williams is. And then you have a year with Amir Johnson giving you those 10 and 10 games. He was kind of broken down as he got to the Celtics. So, you know, guys who are nowhere near the physical stature of Williams were playing great in that same role for Boston for, you know, Stevens' first few years here. You have a creator like Kyrie Irving. You have so many guys who can run the pick and roll here. So think of what that does for a guy who's going to be on the receiving end of the pick and roll like Williams. Yeah, and just I, I think you guys – I heard you guys – someone brought it up um, when you guys were talking to Jeff earlier, and that's important, is he just – he's the Celtics don't have another big profiles like him. You know, they have a lot of other bigs. You know, Al Horford is a skilled big and also a mobile big. Um, Aaron Baines is like a solid – and surprisingly, like, um, surprisingly, it's switchy big, like a guy who can survive. And, you know, Daniel Tice is, you know, sort of that stretch um, lob threat guy. He's probably the closest thing to Robert Williams that we have. But, you know, Robert Williams is just pure force. He's, um, you know, just athletic, strong, um, extremely, like, uh, you know, just uh, plays with edge. You know, I, I think that that's sort of, something that gets underrated when you've got that FU attitude, you know, that Marcus Smart brings night in and night out. We've seen, you know, just how, how much that can change things for the team. And, you know, especially when you're a big man and you're battling, um, I, I think he'll have to, his, his problem will actually be the other way where he's got to be careful not to get himself in trouble, um, you know, uh, biting on things or getting frustrated. But, um, you know, he's not going to back down from the challenge. I am, extremely excited to see some Sixers games with Joel and B. Um, you know, I, I want to see them tr- see what Robert Williams can do against, you know, Joel and B and see, cause I think that Robert Williams would kind of love that challenge. And he seems like a guy who would not, you know, shy away from, you know, Joel Embiid, who's, you know, a bully on and off the court, you know, would say something mean about Robert on Twitter. And then, <laughs> so I, I, I want that. I want that rivalry. Let's go, let's get that started. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I just uh, before we wrap up with you, Sam. I just this is this is from Ryan, uh, you know, the Riffs man. The work it took to dodge Grayson Allen from Ted Crew and get Robert Williams is my life's work. <laughs> I, I can now pass in the, <laughs> the spirit realm, becoming one with the funk. I don't think you can say it better than that. That's um. That's where we are right pick. now as NBA yeah. fans. Um, funky pick. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, that's incredible. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you guys uh, finish it up. I got to hop on. Um, I miss you, Sam. Hop on another pod here. Yeah. We're I gonna, miss you. We remember us. Let's uh. Let's uh. We'll, let's, let's get on the show. Let's do it. We've yeah, we gotta do it. We gotta coordinate. We, we haven't we been doing gases forever, so I'll come, yeah. on, I'll come on and yell at some at some point in the summer to your your poor listeners about posting and uh, cap exceptions and all that stuff. People love to hear about. Hey, look what I just found, Robert Robert Williams, April sixth, twenty eighteen. The Earth is flat. <laughs> oh yeah, I just retweeted that. There we go. There we go. <laughs> He knew where he was going. Posted into existence. Incredible. Yep. Incredible. Yep. I'll post it. We are. Right. Wow. Oh. 
Well, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. All right. Take care. Anytime. <laughs> oh, dude. Kaufman has a final Woj tally, zeroing in on times two, focused on times three, locked in on times three. Everything else used once, taking shape, prefers, targeting, cleared the way to choose, determined to, fixated on, no plans to pass on, are on, has a laser on, unlikely to resist, enamored with, and obviously, our favorite, tantalized by. Beautiful. Wow. Tantalized by. I am tantalized by. Tantalized by the combat muscles. I love it. I love it. Yep. Yep. Tantalized by the opportunity to trade into the second round, which we're not going to stick around for. We've been rocking it over four hours. It's time to call it a night, I think. But it's yep. been a great show. Um, great guests. Big thanks once again to Adam Kaufman from Celtics Beat. Uh, also, the Athletics, Sam Vecini, who helped us kick it all off in the very early hours. And, of course, our headliner, draft expert, college basketball guru, Jeff Goodman. Now on the CLNS Media Network, make sure you find him here. Good and Plenty podcast, and I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about tomorrow. I can't wait to hear the inside story, gentlemen, on how things went down. There's no way the Celtics legitimately planned for the idea that Robert Williams might fall to them. And I also have a weird hunch that he just wasn't a player that they had identified as a true trade-up for candidate. You know, especially once they got down there a little ways in the draft, as we said, there were three options at 27 for them where they could have gone with a couple of bigs. And just because he's that projected sort of just outside of the lottery, middling, uh, late teens, maybe even early 20s, you know, Goodman said 15 to 20. But that range of a player, it's sort of like, ah, do we really want to give up something to move up that high? But they would never have projected him to move that far. So apparently yeah. they started looking at him at 17. So uh, very interesting to uh, to to see how that all played, or it will be very interesting to see yeah. all how that played out in the background. I'm sure sure Steve uh, will have some insight. I'm sure Jared Weiss will have some insight. Goodman will have some insight. Maybe even Kaufman as well. But um, we'll be good to read about it tomorrow. Great job, guys. Yeah, it was awesome. A lot of fun. I can't wait to see Robert Williams going to Summer League. It's not going to be long. We're going to see him in a Celtics uniform somewhat. Yeah. So yeah, that would be a hell of a lot of fun. Be. We're going to have Jabari Bird, probably Yabusele, oh, Williams. Yabu and, and Robert Williams. I mean, the Ojale factory is working overtime the, the first couple oh, weeks yeah. of July. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Combat muscles for days. Combat muscles for day. What is it? Thick and uh, oh yeah. What was the thick jack, jack frames. frames? Thick jack frames. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, John, you got to shoot me a text. I mean, you got to hit me up on Twitter. I have no idea who you're talking about with Sam, but I do not want to be left Riff out man? on that one. You don't know yeah. the Riffs man? Oh my no, gosh, Bob, how, Bobby, how do I how do I leave this out? How does he not know about this? We got to we got to help him out. Yeah, if you that's like the, he was like the starting point of this all, all the weird Celtic stuff. Yes. 
this is this is going back like eighteen months. Justin, we're gonna get you get you up to speed on this. And just uh, you're ready to go. Page for four hours. <laughs> just, just yeah. It's memes. It's it's names without spaces. It's um, no, you know, no plural s's. No, it's, it's Robert William. We'll, just, just you're gonna have to go with me on this, but it's gonna change your life. <laughs> yeah. All right. All, you, all you're gonna do is just retweet, retweet one of his tweets, and I'll find him. That's probably the easiest path. Hey. Got it. We're gonna. It's gonna happen. You're gonna. You're, it's. It's gonna. It's. It's a wormhole, man. But once you go there, it's. I just want to see you go, change. Be, be surprised. You'll be surprised. Yeah. You missed it all this time. I. I. I'll be disappointed in myself. I'm gonna go through the entire tweet history tonight, while yes. I watch videos. I love it. <laughs> oh, this is good stuff. All right. Hey, let's do this again soon, guys. And. Another show Sunday, and I love it. And you know, free agency, trade season—it's all right around the corner. It's this is just the beginning, not the end. Amen, yeah. brother. Oh, I guess all I got right, that. The music, right? I forgot yep. I was on the studio. The all right, we'll wrap this. Where's the outro? Where's the outro? Celtics stuff live.